0: Welcome back to that rugby podcast, hosted by the sports booth and myself and Hughie, my co host. Uh, two losses on the weekend for our teams. Uh, so much. Yes. I feel like I went into the weekend with so much hope. I'm sure you were the same um, aspirations, belief, and it all got torn away. But
1: I think that uh, it's a similar story for both of our sides in that what really cost us was discipline, totally. especially for the Wallabies. So I watched the the replay this morning and the Wallabies had so many opportunities. They actually were keeping pace with France for a lot of that game until just discipline tore them apart. So many wasted attacking opportunities. And I actually think that the loss of a dedicated kicker in the side is really harming them because Carter Gordon's very good with ball in hand, but he's not a goal kicker. And I think that is really uh, hurting the Wallabies as well. Um, And that, you know, that meant they fell behind on the scoreboard. They couldn't apply scoreboard pressure to France. But we'll talk about more more about that one uh, a, a little bit later. I guess we should start off, though, with the first match, which was the All Blacks versus the Springboks.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was a tough watch, 4.30 in the morning, um, waking up on a Saturday, uh, mm. things you love to do. Uh, it was a tough watch. There's no, no doubt in that. Very different game to what we experienced earlier in the year when we yeah. run away with it against South Africa. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. I think it was, in a way, it could be good. Like, whatever result comes out of the World Cup's obviously going to decide how that match comes. If we go on to win a World Cup, it doesn't mean shit. But, um, if we go on to get knocked out in the quarterfinals, then it probably meant a, a great deal. But I think looking at it more and more, I go... We probably needed a loss. I would have loved it by not that, by, by as not as much. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. Our discipline, like you said with the Wallabies, was just poor. I thought the ref had a good game. Like,
1: mm.
0: I don't think, every time I saw a penalty, I saw a penalty. I think you could make an easy argument to put out the arm. And I don't think he over refed his hand. Now, I do want to just touch base that, saying that, The All Blacks had said that the South Africans were doing something at the the line-out, like jumping across the line-out, and that's why they were coming in early. I'm not a line-out specialist. I'm not going to go in there. But from the video and what I saw, it looked like we were infringing. Now, um, if I can see it from my TV screen, I imagine he could see the same thing. So I don't know. I'd rather that happen there and we lose the Qatar Airways Cup than in a quarterfinal of the yeah. Rugby World Cup, so I sat there and I went, "Look, discipline, yep, easy." We, I thought we defended really well for that first, you know, half. It was seven nil, um, and they scored one try, and it was like it took them so long to break down our defense, and I was, I was really pumped about that. I did have that in the back of my mind going. Shit, we have defended so hard for so long. Are we going to be able to last 80 minutes doing this? Mm. Um, It should have been 7-3. Richard Wong hits a a, a goal kick, similar to Carter Gordon, struggled with goal kicking. Um, And then could have even been 14-10 at halftime if Will Jordan's try had stood which it shouldn't have. I'm not trying to say it should have stood, but uh, if it had. Um, And even one of their tries was an intercept. So, you know, like you're looking at halftime and you're going, could have been 14-10. And we hadn't really done a lot and we're still in that game, a fighting chance. Scott yeah. Barrett's red card deserved it, so. I know it was double yellow, but that Scott Barrett's always had that in him. Um yeah. he's definitely removed a lot of it and you know, it was it was a yellow card offence, the second one, I think. But it Will was he just, time um, because of that? Potentially, yeah. Who yeah. like any red card goes straight there. So I don't imagine it'll be a lot because the offence was a yellow card, the second yeah. one. But again, when you're already on a yellow card, you've just got to be so careful. And what he did in that ruck, I saw. I remember seeing it live and just being like, "Who was that All Black forward that just did that?" And just happened to be Scott Barrett, which I thought it was Sam Kane yeah. off the bat. Like it was a very seven clean out type thing, get rid of the player. Um, but uh, and he had already been yellowed as well, so we could have yeah. either way. It wouldn't have helped. But yeah, it just it just goes to show that a if you're a step off against any of those top four teams, they'll make you pay. And yeah. b playing with fourteen men. You know, thirteen men for a point for 60, 60 odd minutes isn't. You're just not going to win games. You are not going to win games doing that. We saw England. I know they scraped by Wales, but they made it a lot harder on themselves uh, mm. doing that. And I just sit there and go, you go down a man. It is going to be discipline. We'll win this World Cup, I think. Um, yep. And yeah, other than that, I like South Africa. Are a good team. I last week we had like the question marks around them was, hey, they beat a Wales team. Are Wales actually that good? well, it doesn't matter if Wales are that good, South Africa are that good. They've uh, finally put two really good performances back to back and uh, I think they're going to have a big World Cup and it's going to be harder to stop them than than I expected um, before that. But yeah, that's kind of my, as an All Blacks fan, like a lot of people in New Zealand are worried. I'm not too worried. I'm like, you know, it's all a a means to an end. Um, If we had won this game, we would have had to win, like say we went on and won the next seven, we would have won like, We would have had 19 consecutive games without a loss. That's a lot. I think Mm. the record's like 23 without a loss. Um, So I know we had the tie in the middle against England. So it does, yeah. Just like I would have liked it again to be closer and just be a loss. I I kind of thought we needed it, but that was a wake up call. I think the whole All Black coaching staff and players needed, and the fact that it was the biggest loss in All Blacks history uh, goes to show how good the All Blacks have been in history. uh, In my mind.
1: Well, let's turn now to the to the Wallabies match. I mean, it's pretty similar in a lot of ways in that, uh, from and exactly what I said at the start, discipline sort of cost the Wallabies in a lot of areas. Um, I thought they kept pace with France well for the for the first half. Um, if they kicked over some of those kicks, I think it would have been uh, a tie scoreline, in, in fact, or maybe only three points down. Um, uh, I, I don't quite remember, but uh, it would have been a lot closer than that. Um, but as well, yeah, you look at the you look at the the penalties. Uh, a fair few of them came from Tani Tupo and that's an unfortunate element that's crept into his game in these last couple of years that he really needs to really needs to get on top of. Uh, but there's two other players that I want to point out here, and they're two players that I've pointed out for for a while. One of them is obviously Suliasi Vinavalo. Now I think this is actually I mean he's only had a limited time, but this was definitely his best game in Wallaby's colours. But yet again we saw mistakes that have cost him in previous outings. He was yellow carded again, which has been, he was in the South Africa match as well. And his defense just wasn't up to par. Um, you contrast that with Marky Mark. He saved a try flying over from his wing to link up with Callaway to tackle a French player out of bounds, you know, Corabetti style, just incredible work, incredible under the high ball. No one need to us. I had a fantastic game. Bonavalu, was a bit of a liability. I think, obviously, we'll see Corabetti be the main uh, winger opposite Marky Mark going forward, but I still think Vudovailu should be dropped down to Australia A and Tom Wright called up, although I think Eddie Jones has said pretty much the squad is set in stone, and we'll know within the next 24 hours because the deadline is uh, the 28th, and so Northern Hemisphere 28th is you know coming up this evening. So overnight, we'll have all the confirmed squads. Uh, the other player is Jordan Pattaya. Um, who I said for a little bit has been underwhelming me, and I think he had another underwhelming game. Pretty poor in defense. The French consistently attacked his channel, um, and especially when he was on the same side as Vudovalu, really exploited that. Um, not great contact. I, I just I, I need to see Izzy Purisi out there. I don't understand why we haven't sent Parisi in at least one of these games who's a dedicated outside center, he'd been playing outside center all year, whereas Pataya has been at fullback. Um, and he just wasn't in the game. He didn't inject himself in the game. There's a point where the Wallabies had 65% of the possession, I think, 30 minutes into the first half, and he'd had like three touches of the ball. Uh, and throughout the whole game, I think he had five touches total, which is just not good enough from your outside center. Um, and so I think that was a pretty poor effort from from him. Uh Overall, the the rest of the Wallabies, I think they really competed hard. And again, it's similar to that um, to some of their games in the past, where they've competed well for sixty minutes and fallen away after discipline issues have cost them points throughout the game. And it, that just it, it's getting tighter and tighter every game. But you, they're running out of time. They're running out of opportunities now to get that down pat. That being said, they've been thrust into the fire with their first uh, five matches under Eddie Jones, playing all top quality teams, uh, you know, New Zealand, South Africa, France, and Argentina, uh, going into their pool games, as I said, for a while, this is a chance for them to learn and to, to grow with a little bit less pressure with an opponent that won't jump on every single mistake as quickly as those other teams will. Uh, so they, they have a little bit more leeway, but you really need to tighten that up. In those, those games, they need to tighten that up. They have the opportunity to make those mistakes in those games Learn from them, and it won't cost them. Hopefully, it, yeah. I guess you know we, we'll get onto a surprise result in a minute. But yeah, for me, it was a, an expected result, but disappointing in the way that it didn't need to be that that yeah. result.
0: Yeah, I think again, yeah, I, I I tend to think you've got the French's number a little bit. Like, mm. and and you'd sit here and laugh me off when you say forty one seventeen, Luke. What are you fucking talking about? But last year in France, obviously the one-point game. And then, yeah, like you said, what did Carter Gordon left? Four missed kicks, I think that's what six. Yeah. yeah, 10 points off the board. So it's 41-27, two tries. I know they're still a bit away, but like you said, without Karevi, without yeah. Korebete, um I'm actually not, I wouldn't be that worried if I was an Aussie uh, fan going into it. I'd be, like you've said, worried about those... Goal kickings, and I, I, yeah. I, I am confused with Patair as well. I think he's a much better fullback than centre, but Eddie Jones knows better than us. I would say, but again, yeah, it's, it is going to be really interesting to see how the Wallabies, I guess, go into these pool mm. games. They've, like you've said, they've played now the four of the what was it? Four of the top six teams. I think Argentina yeah. is now ranked six. You know, France is third, New Zealand's fourth, uh, South Africa is second. So you you haven't had an easy. I think the two
1: debutants had a good game as well. I just want to say, oh, exactly. totally as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, what's his name? Fine, like Shop and Isaac fines Lewis. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those, those they, yeah, Isaac was I thought was as a great addition. I think him yeah. and Tate really give a spark, so you can do a lot with them. But yeah, I think, yeah, again, I, as you guys, I wouldn't go into. Disappointed, too worried. You'd be thinking, like we are after our biggest loss, you'd be thinking after winless 2023, the Wallabies would be a little bit more worried. I just don't think they are like, you know, I think it's a good time to be attacking with the pull you've got. However, a team who, you know, took the whole spotlight off (laughs) a famous All Blacks loss. England have come through and saved us all by losing yet again And this time to Fiji. God save the King. (laughs) It's... Look, we said it. We said Fiji can go and push teams. I've been on the Fiji bandwagon for for as long as I can remember. Well, we date all the way back to the Fiji and and yeah, we now we've been there. We've we, been we there. have we've, we people are jumping on now. We've been riding this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we said if it was close game and even Fiji lost us by seven, watch out in the pool. Yeah. Um, watch out in the World Cup. And I am seriously. I know we, we're we're going to do our predictions uh, next week. Um, on, on the podcast, so uh, that'll be the, the weekend or the week before yeah. the first game. So I just sit here and I go, man, man, watch out for Fiji, you know, like yeah. they're in that pool. Like like they've just gone and beaten England, like yeah. just I beaten th- I,
1: There was a – I think it was a Sammy Radraja run where he just sat down <laughs> on the Moore.
0: England players. And yeah. It was like, mm, yes, we love it. we love to see it. Yes, we do. I – uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them in the World Cup. Uh, as I've said and many a times, and I've made a video about it, I think they're going to be the surprise package. They've had the perfect build-up to a Rugby World Cup. Imagine playing France and England, then you get a week off, and then you go to France and play your first World Cup game. Like it Just to me, with a, with a competitive game against France um, and, a comp- and a win against England, first ever win, I just go, man, watch out, watch out. And Caleb Muntz is who's you know had a full season now with the uh Fijira absolutely played incredibly had a fantastic game and then we as much as the game is one up front the first five helps and uh yeah. yeah I'm just I'm really excited to see them and they were backed up by their Polynesian brethren uh in mm. Samoa just about I honestly so I woke up Sunday Sunday morning check the scores as you do as a rugby supporter and saw that there was still five minutes left between Samoa and Ireland and jumped in and they had a line-out, you know, on the five-metre line mm. with a minute or two to go and unfortunately lost the line-out ended up losing the game. But 17-13 against the world number one yeah. is just an incredible effort. Lima Sopawonga, like, I've just, I'm more and more loving this rule of players being able to play for those international other international teams because he needs to be an in international rugby. Like, uh, as much as I love seeing him in the All Blacks, even him being overseas, I, I would love for there to be, like, a one- or two-year stand down for, like, veteran um, yeah. players. Like, if you play, like, 30-plus games for an international team, you can get a one... Or, I, don't, I don't... Again, I'm just making... Just because I fucking... I honestly was... I was just blown away by his performance. I was blown away by the whole Samoan team performance. And there now I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, Fiji... Just beat England. Samoa pushed Ireland. Does this equate to a Samoa knocking England out of a rugby world cup? Like it could do. It easily could do.
1: Yep, easily could do. Look, I think uh I think these Pacific nations are really taking a lot from being involved in super rugby. So the Moana Pacifica needs to keep going. Fiji and Dura we've seen that they've made the finals. It's paying off. It's improving world rugby.
0: Yeah, there was, I saw a stat, I, I'm not 100% sure if this was right, but it was 21 of the minor Pacifica squads were in um, so, uh, rugby World Cup squads. So yeah. that's a that's a very good portion. And to the fact that their best player, Levi Amor, isn't in a World Cup squad, you know, like, there's going to be a great experience for those lads coming into next year. Um, Italy then, Um, I guess, I don't want to say I was surprised because Japan just hasn't been, where, like we've mentioned this, they've lost yeah. like four or five now on the trot. Um, actually, I think they bet Tonga. They did. But, um, yeah, Italy did, did them easily. 42-21, 20, I believe it was. Mm. Um, and, look, Italy, I know they're in the pool with New Zealand and France, but they pushed France last uh, in the Six Nations when they went to France. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm nervous, but I wouldn't want to be the loser of that first game between New Zealand and France because Italy could do the unthinkable. And send me into... I, I don't even know what I'd do if i have got knocked out in the pool stage. Like, yeah. I don't know how it would function. I don't know how I'd feel. So, look, Italy's a team to watch out for. A young team on the rise. Another very good team. Georgia and Scotland also played a hell of a game. It was 6-0 to Georgia at halftime. So, it was a, another one of those ones where all oh, the rugby world, what's going on here... Scotland come back win thirty three six, but Georgia putting their hands up. Scotland putting their hands up in a very tough pool. Look, this leads yeah. us onto our next point. It's anyone's World Cup as we get up to it. There is mm-hmm. like there are obviously the four favourites, the top four teams, but like I said, discipline on the day anyone could win.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You just you, I think you know I think bar the bottom. So look in pool in pool A. New Zealand, France, they're one of those top four teams. They, they'll be favourites. In the France will be favourites going to the World Cup, given it's a home World Cup. Italy's got the potential to make some waves. I think Uruguay and Namibia, I think it's fair to say don't. Pool B, though, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland and Tonga, all have got talent. All have got talent that can, they can uh, make a run in this World Cup. Pool C, look, this is... There's four teams in there. Any uh, other and, and Portugal. Anyone other than Portugal could be going through to the next stage. And I think the two teams that'll be uh, knocked out in the pool stage will be very disappointed. And then Pool D, uh, you've got an, another four teams in there that could all uh, make the make the uh, final stage as well. You know, you've got two sort of in poor form, but uh, have. Had results in the previous World Cups in England and Japan. You've got Argentina, who are sort of performing well at the right time, and Samoa, who are, really had a nice ramp up to this World Cup. So, look, that it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a wild ride. Do it not uh, do not miss any of this World Cup. Is, totally. is, is is the point here, really? And
0: stay tuned with us because
1: we'll be keeping yeah. you up to date.
0: Um, look, Steve Borthwick, he must be sitting on the a hottest seat. Yeah, on fire. He, his bum is on fire, I tell you that. Look, I, look. you can't do anything now. You've obviously committed him. He has to stay for the World Cup. Like, I saw an article out come out saying they should get rid of him now and bring someone in for the World Cup just because of how bad it is. Yeah. And I was like, well, you tried that with Eddie Jones and look where the fuck you got you. Um, yeah. I'm sure they regret... Like, I don't see a world where unless you win the Rugby World Cup, even making... Mm. If you make the final, that's the only way you can salvage how bad the past months have been for England. Like they have to make um, a final. I'm sorry, no, if, I don't know. I don't know they, about that. If they make I, a semi final, yeah, you cannot justify what like losing to Fiji.
1: If they if they make a semi final, I think his job's safe nah. because it would it would show, it would show that they performed at the World Cup, which no, is what they care about.
0: Let's say let's say this happens. Let's say – this is what could happen. Let's say they finished – and again, just an example. Let's say they finished second in their pool to Argentina, yeah? But let's yeah. say Fiji, that's, Wales –
1: Well, that's different, though. That's I'm, if they, I'm saying if they top their pool and they get to a semifinal – see here. This is
0: what I'm saying. Say they finish second in their pool. Yeah. Because this is what – I don't see them beating Argentina – but let's say they finish second in their pool. Let's say the Wallabies drop a game. Let's say it's to any yeah. other team. Let's say – because I think any other team, bar the Wallabies, England, like, you'd put them down as favourites to beat. Like, I know they yeah. just lost to Fiji, but you'd put them down as favourites. So England, let's say they play Fiji. Let's say Fiji top the pool. We could say Wales. We could say Georgia. They beat them in the quarterfinal. They're through to a final. And I go, you know, that's not good enough. Like Just because you've done that, to me – doesn't show that you're you you are a good enough coach. Like it may save his job, but what they've just been through, I just sit there and I go, "Hey, there there has to be some psychological just things going on around the English board." Being like, "We oh, just lost to Fiji."
1: I'm sure there will be, there will be like something will happen out of this. I don't necessarily think it'll mean he'll lose his job though. If they make a semi, I think if he makes a semi. Uh, regardless of the circumstance, I think his job is safe. Okay. Just so, simply, be, just oh, simply. Beca-
0: hold on, hold on. If he makes a quarter, does he keep his job? No,
1: not not if he not if he loses so, in the in
0: the, the quarter. No, okay. <clears throat> I think
1: if he <laughs> no, yeah, no. I think if he makes a quarter and gets knocked out in the quarter, then no, because there's there's two options here, right? He either he tops his pool, gets into a quarter, and then he loses to the second place team from another pool, which yep. could be anyone—Wales, Fiji. Georgia, or Australia, let's say. Let's say Australia drop a game. Right. Yeah. If he loses to any of those teams, that they shouldn't be doing that, bar maybe Australia, right? Then he, he's gone. Or say they come second in their pool and then they lose in the quarterfinals as well. That's even worse because you've not even come top of your pool yep. and you've got knocked out in the quarter. So, you know, I think so semi are is, to you, like
0: He has to hit a semifinal. He has, which, to, get to, semi, look, has right, to get to a semi. Right now, can you see it? Because like, they'd have no. to beat Argentina, Samoa, Japan. Let's say they do, and they finish top of their pool. They've got Fiji, Wales waiting for like. I, to me, they've got Fiji waiting for them. And Fiji just yeah. showed they've got the potential to own, win.
1: I think if they play Wales they would. or Georgia, then maybe. Yeah. Against Australia and Fiji, I think no. Yeah. I think Fiji just matches up too physically for them.
0: It's, it's interesting, isn't it, just how far England have... I guess, spiralled after the Eddie Jones um, announcement. So, I mean, yeah. as much as losing all your games in 2023 sucks for the Wallabies, at least you're not England. Yeah, Um that. I just did want to touch base on the injuries. Obviously, we saw Tyrell Lomax. I don't know if you saw that one, but required 30 stitches because he got a cut Oof. all the way down to the muscle. Uh, yes. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, hopefully not too long. I think he'll be around for at least some of the World Cup, but I imagine he may miss the start. Seeing so, Cian Healy, I don't know how to say that. Is it Cian Healy? It's I think Irish. it's Keon. Healy. It's Kian. Cian. There we go. Keon Healy. Um, he is out for at least, the, at least actually the World Cup. I saw he wasn't named in the squad, so I'm assuming that's due to an injury. Um, and I saw Darcy Graham pulled out of the Scotland game. So it's just it's those key moments now when we're getting to those injury suspensions. Mm-hmm. Brodie Retailx out for the start of the World Cup. From us, Scott Barrett likely to be out. Um, I don't think you're missing too many. Obviously, I don't think we. Ha- I don't think we had too many injuries, injuries.
1: in that okay, game. Right. There were. Look, <laughs> came off for a little bit, but um, he then went back out. I don't think anyone else really went down. I mean, the loss of Altoa for the World Cup is a huge one, but um, yeah, can't think beyond that.
0: Yeah. So I just, I just kind of want to, like, this is the time now, obviously, like you said, the the D-Day for squads and stuff like that. There will be injury covers throughout the tournament, like I saw an article on Joe Moody, which, again, in 2019 or 2050, one of the World Cups, he got pulled in late um, as a replacement. I imagine that's going to happen, especially with props. Like, the props go down, you're bringing in a replacement, so... You you know, if you're a budding young rugby player, just be ready. Just be ready. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Make sure you answer your phone.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Don't go uh, white-baiting in Waikato like Stephen Donald. Um, Now, I just wanted to quickly touch base. This is old news now, but I don't know if it came out last week and we didn't touch base on it. But It came out on the day after we recorded. Recorded, so that'll be why. But Steve, the trader Hanson, obviously the biggest trader to ever trade in trading worlds <laughs> if we thought Eddie Jones coaching England was bad and you know you had Aussie Wallaby fans pointing at him and calling him a trader wow yeah. Steve Hansen's just helping out a mate yeah. fucking uh, don't help out a mate that's coaching the Wallabies bud you don't do that I, I'm not going to give away trade secrets you better bloody not because you'll be done honestly I can't believe like that's a former All Blacks coach now I will say this to the camera alright because I'm looking at you camera he took over the coaching job after 2011 when Sir, Sir Graham Henry, led us to our first World Cup in a very long time. He then had one of the greatest Rugby World Cup squads ever assembled and won the 2015 World Cup. Congratulations, fucking Lations. He then just fluffed the bag with our 2019 squad, which wasn't as good as our 2015, but was still better than the bloody English, and then left. And left Ian Foster in a shithole. hole. That's all I'm saying. All right. So you know what, Steve Hansen, I don't think you're a very good coach. I said it. Go and help so the Wallabies you, out.
1: So you think so you think now that Ian Foster's actually a better coach than initially reported?
0: I I am honestly. I, there was when we went on this eleven game, unloss. Streak, you know how we were gonna. I was gonna get the uh hashtag has Ian Foster out tattoo if we'd lost the bleeding yeah. slow. I was ready to go and get myself tattooed Ian Foster in for life yeah. or something like that. Like, i I
1: just saw you, just in the tram stab, Ian Foster in.
0: Yeah, that, I just I think we were all so harsh on him and we didn't actually reflect on what Steve Henson left. Like, everyone's talking about Steve Henson as this great coach, but. Realistically, he won one out of two World Cups, so he's a 50% World Cup winner. Come on now. I know Sir Graham Henry is as well, but we won't talk about 2007. And then he left what I think was a a squad that wasn't ready. And Ian Foster has actually got to a point, other than last weekend, where I go, we could win a Rugby World Cup. And I don't know if I was thinking that you know, a year or so ago. And I don't think it was Ian Foster's fault. I think...
1: yeah, yeah, I but... think what you got to what you got to take out of this is that uh, a coach can't be judged too quickly. You got to give him some time. To actually, <laughs> take over from a difficult situation. You know, like being parachuted into a shit situation is not ideal for anyone's uh, coaching brilliance to to bloom.
0: So, I will say, yeah, I, I, it's funny. Because... I think it's,
1: I think it's important to take that into consideration. Sometimes, okay, you know. Cough, cough, social media pundits. You know, you think about the, the, think about the mess that Eddie Jones has been dropped into because of the fact, and this is going to be our next point, that Australian rugby is having to do a, a completely new style of business and reset and develop players and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I don't know if that's a favourable condition for any coach to be dropped into.
0: I, and I will say, like, Ian Foster came in after a World Cup cycle, so it's easier to come in there. I just think, obviously, All Blacks have the Exodus after a World Cup. But Eddie Jones has been chucked into a harder position. Now, I don't know if he got chucked into it or more got kicked out of a really terrible situation we all seen that he was in with England. I don't know how he got them to the win record. He got them to, and then Aussie were like waving the white flag and going, we need someone. And so he was like, you know what? I will be the martyr that the Aussies need. I think he's... You know, taking the grenade to go. Look, I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to jump on the grenade that is this year in this World Cup to make sure I leave Australian rugby in fantastic hands. He's,
1: he's definitely is a is a bit like that. I think, especially with all his media performances and the things that he says. Because think about it in the in the media, who how many people are talking about how uh, poorly some of these Wallabies players are performing? Right, not very much. It's yeah. all been on. Eddie and it's all the blame is on Eddie and if you're a player like I know I'd appreciate the coach who takes the fire for me instead right he's taking these blows he's he's the he's the dark knight of Australian rugby it is
0: we were were mentioning Joker the other day but he is and and I just want to mention as well it's not just the players like Australian rugby have been able to run out this reset like it's a you know, it's the next big thing when really it should be, how has this taken you so fucking long? But everyone's so worried about Eddie that they're sitting there and going, Oh, this is really good on the side. That's happening. Like you've just said. So, uh, yeah, yeah look,
1: you know, he, he'll, he'll run and we'll hunt him because he can take it, you know, cause he's a, he's our He's not the hero that Australia deserves, but he's the one we need. <laughs> there
0: he is. Dark night.
1: He's knight, a dark, yeah. dark
0: night. Uh, um, <laughs> 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 Let's talk about that that, that rugby reset that Australia's yes. going through. Centralised contracts, which yeah. I hate and love at the same time. I think it's so good for Australian rugby. It's, it's what we talked about, I think, mm. maybe last week or even a couple of weeks ago, where you said Australian rugby needs their hands on players all the time, being yep. able to go, yes, this is ours. And
1: it all, This is very similar. I want to point out why we discussed this. is very similar to a system New Zealand's implemented and Ireland have implemented. Yes, totally.
0: And I think it also improves... Super Rugby actually as a whole, because yeah. you're more likely to stay in Super Rugby with these incentivised deals and stuff like that, um, yeah. it all helps. I, the only thing issue it has is about like how where we go for like drafting and stuff like that and yeah. how that all works in free agency or trades or anything like that. So that, again, if it benefits the competition, we can put that on the back burner. I'm not worried about that yeah. because I think this is going to actually have a game-changing effect within Australian rugby with how they do business. I know it it changed New Zealand massively and Ireland as well. And you can look at what it's done for Ireland um, over there. And I think it's going to make it more attractive actually to the battle between rugby and rugby league to those league players because – 100%. And to the media. Exactly as well, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree.
1: The thing that I'm looking for here is rugby Australia will lead the national high-performance plan, which is something I always – as you said, I called for a couple of weeks ago, and system, which includes national pathways and development programs, national teams across 15s and 7s, and contracted players and key high-performance staff within Super Rugby Pacific, Super W, and national programs. So that is, for me, on the lower level, Super Rugby clubs would be responsible for, for local talent development and pathways. So basically, the Super Rugby clubs are incubating them from youth, and then once they reach the professional stage rugby Australia sort of takes over and aligns a national high performance plan which is really I think really key to centralise that and everyone's you know so that way people are training for the wallabies all year round so they're not training for the wallabies when they get into the wallabies camp. Um, The other big one is uh, growing women's rugby. Uh, that's another big one that was thrust into the national spotlight as well, and I think really needs to be a focus uh, for rugby to grow the game.
0: Totally, and I think yeah, this I think it's kicking off in 2025. Did I read the the women's XV? No, the 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 centralised contracts. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah, I I I'm not 100% sure. I think it was 2025, which is perfect yeah. timing with the. Um, British and Irish Lions and then going into a Rugby World Cup and it's just going to build so many, like I it does take a year or two to get this all paperwork organised and everything like that. I'll I'll give them their credit. But I think it's a a massive first step. Uh, Someone, I read an article, God, I wish I'd taken the names, I should have. He used to be Chairman of Rugby Australia or something like that back in, in 2006 or something like that. And he came out and said he tried to put this idea forward as well Back then, and it got shot down, and everyone laughed him out of the room, type thing. And he said, Yeah,
1: I know uh, it it was uh, Nuncia or something like that. It was his name. And he's now in, in the islands. This islands. is the one that sort yeah. of dro- dro- drove that.
0: Yeah. And I just think when I look at it, I go, If they had done it then, yeah, they could have been, you know, 10 years ahead of where they are now. However, saying that, it's good that they've finally jumped on this bandwagon. I think it's going to be really good for Rugby Australia. For War, as you've hyped them up taking many good steps. I think as well with Phil Waugh's um, appointment, he seems to get on a lot better with the chairman, and that was, I know the other CEO not didn't as much, and was there was definitely a divide after the Sueli'i contract, but um, I know he helped you know bring definitely the great game back into a money-making business, but I think Phil War's going to hopefully lift them to that next level where they'll be a bit more competitive. Yes. Shall we roll out our predictions for the Rugby World Cup now? These predictions we're just doing free predictions. It's not any of the tournament predict, not any of the result-based predictions. But we're going for our, our player of the tournament, our breakthrough player of the tournament, and our story of the tournament. Um, I will be doing three to one player points for each game based on either if I watch it or the stats.
1: I've got the name David Nusifora.
0: There it is. Yeah, that was the one. Um, Yeah, he read a a, a fantastic article.
1: Performance director of Irish rugby.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, again, back to that contract part. I think it's good for Australian rugby. But onto this play of the tournament. Um, Yeah, I'll be doing a 3-2-1 points per game, either based off stats or if I get a chance to watch the game. I'll try and watch most games. Um, But it may be a vibes feel. Maybe just a vibes, how I feel. Um, Yeah. Let's get into our predictions. I'm going to start with my player of the tournament. One, I've put it in the spreadsheet. I don't know if Hughes had a chance to see this because it might be on the next page. I can see it, but it's going to make or break. Yeah, it's going to make or break our tournament. I'm bringing it in real close here. Camera, I'm coming in real close. I'm wheeling my chair to see you. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, this man is going to make or break our tournament. When he's on, he's a golden man. When he's off, He's the red man. It's Scott Barrett, all right? Now, what I'm thinking here is a player of the tournament is probably going to make it quite far. I obviously black my all-blacks, um, so I think they're going to go quite far. I think if we're going to go far, it's going to be led up front, and it's going to need a player like Scott Barrett to lead the charge. So he's my player of the tournament. Wonderful. Well, I think mine's
1: uh, a little bit uh, – maybe someone could call it a cop-out. Maybe it's an obvious choice. Maybe it's just because he's the media darling and that tends to be who the player of the tournament is and it's going to be Antoine DuPont. I think this could be the year that France wins their first World Cup as much as I would loathe for that to happen. Uh, But uh, I think DuPont has got all the tools. I think this French team has got all the tools to take out this tournament. So for me, it's going to be Antoine DuPont.
0: I can't believe you just said that. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. No, I'm not even disappointed, I'm fucking angry that you've said that, Husey.
1: Yeah, I, look, uh, but I, I'm basing this off what who I think the media would, would dub their player of the tournament. Well, alright. Okay. You Just get, tell me I'm wrong. How much media frothing over DuPont do you see? we yeah, too and much, weekend. far too much. Exactly, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. exactly. I'm not going to say
0: you're wrong with that point, but... We'll get to where you are wrong. I'm going to bring that up later. Uh, breakout player of the year. Um, breakout player of the tournament, should I say. I've gone yep. with a player name, and it might be a little bit off for this one, but Theo McFarland. Mm-hmm. Now, I watched him for the better part of this, the five minutes I watched of the Samoa game. He plays for Samoa, and he's a lot for them. He's based mm-hmm. out of England, very English name. Theodore um, yeah. uh, McFarland. Yes, and he plays for Saracens, but is of Samoan background. Mm-hmm. I think Samo is going to do really well in this tournament and I think he's yeah. going to take a step. He's 27 years old, so that's probably where like the breakthrough. But I hadn't heard of his name before these warm-up matches mm. and now I've heard of his name and I think if he... I've picked two locks because I think that's where we the game's won up front but a prop's not going to win it because they need someone at least good looking. And he's a good looking bloke, this one, but better looking than Scott Barrett. So he's my breakthrough player.
1: For me, I had to go... Somewhere within the... Let me estri- pick this
0: one. Max Jorgensen.
1: No, it's not Max Jorgensen. <laughs> no. I did have to... It is an Australian player, though. Because oh. I actually don't think Jorgensen will see the field that much. Uh, I think he... Tom Hooper. I think, I think Callaway... No, not Tom Hooper. I think Callaway will... Uh, has, has Is performing well at fullback. For me, it's a player that... You might think, oh, how can he be called a breakout player? but he hasn't played that much in a gold jersey. But I think I've been campaigning for him to be playing in the gold jersey because Geordie Bataia is not the answer, but (laughs) Izzy Parisi is the truth. He is going to, and now he's well known within super rugby, but he's not that well known within world rugby ranks. And I think he is going to break through here at this world cup and show that he is the truth at outside center. He is Australia's best option at outside center.
0: I don't mind that at all. Um, I lo- the, the thinking behind it is If he gets game time I can see where you're coming from Like I've seen yep. him Break through in Super Rugby So I get what you're yep. saying I just yeah I don't know I think you're trying to think too hard And you're trying to outplay Eddie at his own game And I don't think you've The fact that he hasn't played Any f- real footy minutes I, He
1: needs to He needs to After this last game How can you be putting Pataia On the field I just I don't see how you can do it
0: well, Eddie will, At least the outside centre
1: Anyway yep. <laughs> Now uh, I'm going to go I want to do my one first here you go, because you I'm go interested. To, I'm interested to see if we have the same one because this one's not on your on your sheet. No, I've I can't see your story of, of the of the rugby world cup. But my story of the rugby world cup is that Fiji makes a semi final.
0: Mine's not the same, but I okay. love your one. Absolutely okay. love so your
1: one. So here we are here. All right? I, I it's it's easy to see how this happens. Right, Fiji comes second in Pool C to Australia Mm -hmm. and I think they beat either of Argentina or England. I think they can beat either of those teams. I think England can show up in their pool and they might top their pool and then actually get uh, – they might have rather come second in their pool because they'll face the Fijian demons that have begun to haunt them uh, and Fiji will, will take them out. But yeah,
0: I, I love. I that think one.
1: Argentina as well. I think they actually match up well against Argentina.
0: I t- I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think Fiji are primed. They can get through that group. Um, yeah. I know. Pool B is called the group of deaf, but I really think Pool C. There's just like you know, if you overall well, rated teams. I
1: tell I tell you what it is. I tell you what it is. Pool B is uh Pool B is like uh a a medieval joust of of just highly skilled competitors sprinting at each other trying to you know get pinpoint placement little things are going to be the difference pool c is a bunch of blind people with a knife in one hand (laughs) running around in a dark room right and anyone can get stabbed right (laughs) it's vicious and bloody and only only two people are going to emerge from that room Right, that's what it is. That's the difference. Pool B, highly trained, efficient, ruthless warriors. Pool C, just as fucking deadly, but it just a uh, whole lot messier. A whole lot messier.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's, that is, that, that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. All right, my story of the Rugby World Cup, and this is why Antoine Dupont will not win mm. player of the tournament. France are getting knocked out in the pool stages. Oh, wow. I'm okay. willing to die on this hill. I wow. will die on this <laughs> That's hill. terrible. France are going to lose to New Zealand in the first game. Their heads go down. They'll end up losing to Italy, and they'll be out of a home World Cup, just like the English, and we'll all be celebrating. You said you'd loathe to see them win. Let's yeah. loathe all together. Let's get a whole lot of loathe out there. Get the French out. Get the English out. We're coming for the World Cup. Let's go. Up oh, it's hemisphere. certainly a bold certainly a bold prediction. It's a story of the like there would you couldn't you couldn't write a bit of script, you know? We're the script writers here right now, Cusy, I'm writing it into the script. Okay. France are out.
1: France look, man, I hope I hope you're right. I would rather be I would rather lose my prediction for player of the tournament and you get this prediction for the story <laughs> of the tournament. I'd, I'd rather that. I just yeah, that, yeah. you know, my, what my wishes are and what I think reality will be are two different things. I do. I think right?
0: my my, my reality is distorted when it comes to France. I think hate yeah. just comes. Like my I, rights.
1: I wish, I wish <laughs> I had a bank account full of money, but that's vastly different <laughs> to what the reality of the situation is. You know, oh, okay. it's just you know, as much as I wish things, <laughs> reality. Yeah. yeah as right. much as you wished to have made uh, edible pavlova, reality <laughs> was a far <laughs> different story. It was a far uh, different story to that. So I think it's a, it might be. A similar situation with your prediction here, yeah. but no, no, I certainly, I, I certainly yeah. hope not. I certainly
0: hope not. Thank you, my friend. Um, that is us for today. Next podcast, yep. we will be predicting every single game. We'll run through the whole tournament, give you our pool predictions, give you the quarterfinal, semifinal, final predictions yep. before we head into the World Cup. Um, and we'll keep up with all the storylines during the World Cup. We, depending how we go, uh, we may hit two podcasts a week during the World Cup, if there's enough interest um, and storylines, but we'll see how our schedules go as well. Um, But for now, I've been Luke from that Rugby Podcast. That's been QZ. Thank you for joining us for another week in the rugby world. We'll see you later. Later. Goodbye. Peace.